630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Night rolling into the weekend here on Inside Sports. We'll have live hockey July 28th, exhibition game, Oilers and Flames. Saturday, August 1st, 1 p.m. faceoff, Oilers and Blackhawks game, one of their qualifying round. Caleb Jones confirming today he tested positive for COVID-19 and has recovered as the Oilers continue going through training camp. They're back on the ice at 11 tomorrow morning. You heard Thomas Dias updating in the newscast. Rogers Place, the damage will be fixed. It will not affect Edmonton being a hub city, Rogers Place being a host for the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. John Shannon, former broadcasting executive, NHL insider, is on the line. John, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Great, Reed. How are you? I'm doing well, and I, I was thinking in your long and storied broadcasting career, there is no doubt at some point, now I don't know if it would have been a baseball, football, hockey, basketball, track and field, whatever, at some point weather had to play a role in your day. Well, I'll tell you what, if you've done the CFL, you've, uh, you've, you've felt the weather, you've felt those lightning storms, those rainstorms, whether it's Commonwealth or... I remember when lands down, but uh, to me the best one was we did we did a Monday night hockey game at the old Spectrum in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I think it was the New York Rangers and the Philadelphia Flyers. It was in the middle of a blizzard. <clears throat> it blew out the walls of the the glass part of the Spectrum on the outside, uh, and Ed Snyder, who was the owner of the Flyers at the time, decided to let anybody who wanted to come to the game in the middle of the blizzard uh, into the building free. And what they did was, in order to try to entice people to come, they gave them donuts. Um, and so there was about 6,000 people that weathered the blizzard in Philadelphia to come into the game. Uh, the game got played on time. Everybody got free donuts, and we played the game. Now, I- I'm not really sure about weather and hockey in August being an issue, which has never happened in my career, but certainly it's always been about snow and about ice and about issues like that, but not about rain and hail coming down at Rogers Place to create the issue. Yeah, the, the, quite the images uh, last night, and uh, you know, tough, tough night for the city because a lot of people got hit pretty hard by the rain. But yeah, they're, they're going to fix that, it up at I, Rogers Place. A, you know, that's a really key thing. I mean, Rogers Place is one thing. Uh, but let's hope that uh, everybody that weathered the storm is uh, safe and healthy and protected uh, uh, as we uh, as we recoup out of the storm and, and get ready for what can happen the rest of the month. Weather in Alberta, I lived in, as you know, Reed, I lived in Alberta 15, mu- 15 years. Uh, weather in Alberta is uh, unpredictable to say the least. So uh, tornadoes, hail, storms in the middle, Chinooks in February, are never uh, never a surprise anymore. Well, and you mentioned CFL games. Uh, I mean, you can go to a CFL game and experience all four seasons in the first half and then see what you get yeah. in the second half. <laughs> well, only only at Taylor Field in Regina. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. Very good point. Uh, John, Caleb Jones uh, came out today and said, hey, look, I, I, I had COVID-19. Uh, I dealt with it, and, and I'm feeling better. Now, players and teams are under no obligation to announce anything. What did you think of Caleb Jones coming out and saying that he had it? Well, I, uh, first of all, I, I think that, that that's the right thing to do, to, to put the onus on the player to announce it. 
Um, and we're going to, I, I think in the next, uh, before the 26th of July, Reed, we're going to see that a lot more. There have been 43 players since phase three has started. 43 players have tested positive. Um, a lot have created and desired privacy. There are going to be those that say, listen, transparency is the most important thing, but it's up to the player. And that, in, in my mind, is the most important thing. For Caleb to do what he did today is uh, honorable, but in my mind is the right thing to do because you don't, what you don't want to do with Caleb Jones is guess that it's a knee, guess that it's a shoulder, guess that he's injured some other way other than he's been, have, he's been forced to quarantine for four or eight extra days. And that's the important thing. John, I, I get a lot of questions from fans about what might happen with a positive test when teams are in the bubble, but what's going on right now. You and I talked last week how this two-week window is, is critical. The NHL really wants to get through this. Mike called in in the last half hour of the show, and when we got talking, and he was kind of saying, you know, what if July 25th, you know, 17 members of a team test positive and, and they can't even fly to Edmonton or Toronto? Like, how would the NHL, do you think they have a provision for something like that, or what's your sense of something that happens right before uh, teams having to travel to a hub? Well, I think they have every uh, appendage uh, crossed that that doesn't happen, fingers and toes, and maybe even more. Um, but if, if, if there are 17 players that on a certain team test positive on the, on the 25th, as Mike talks about, then you're going to see that team be forced to opt out. And, the, and we, you know, we have seen a little bit of a sample of that in the MLS. Uh, where they've they've had two teams. I mean, Dallas, the first one, have having to opt out because of too many, and they only had, I believe, the number is five. They had five tests that were positive uh, for them to continue, and and that's that really is the issue. And uh, it's between now and the time they get to the bubble. Now, and it's, maybe we should call it the semi bubble because it's not a hundred percent bubble. There's going to be people coming in and out of it whether it be in the hospitality unit or, or within the uh, hockey operations and ice level unit. Uh, but that becomes the real issue, Reed, is, is how do they manage that? If there are 17 players on a team that, opt, that, that end up testing positive before the, they get on the charter, then that team's not part of the, not part of the tournament. That's, that's the end of it. That's, that's really the reality, I think, at this point. John Shannon joining us tonight on Inside Sports as we're slowly counting you down towards the start of the qualifying round, the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have all the Oilers games for you on 6.30 Chet. I was also talking in the first hour of the show, and I asked James Neal today, I asked Dave Tippett today about the Oilers' forward depth, and I look at Neal and Chase on being in a bottom six role right now with Jujar Kara, but both of those guys have played higher in the lineup you know, with McDavid and or Dreisaitl during the season, they both help on the power play. Kara's moved around a little bit. Uh, I had a, a texture wrote in who said he likes uh, 11 of the Oilers' top 14 forwards. He says he's not sure where Haas, Nygaard, and Athanasiu fit in. You know, fair enough. Fans, fans see it a lot of different ways. How do you see the Oilers' forward depth, John? Is it is it enough to really grind it out and, and go deep, or are they still a baby a guy or two away from where they ultimately want to be? 
Well, I mean, a year from now, I think we might have be having a different conversation, but I think we're, we have to deal with the here and now at this point, Reed. Um, what I love about James Neal is his ability on special teams. I still love him in front of the net. I love that six-foot game that he plays in front of the in front of the goal, and I do think that that's something that when players are still working to be in condition, particularly in the playing ground, playing round rather, uh, I think that James Neal is going to play a huge factor. Uh, I have a bias about Alex Chason. I think Alex Chason is one of those uh, versatile guys, a uh, uh, jack of all trades that can play in the first line if they need him for three shifts, can play on the fourth line on three shifts. I think Alex Chason is going to prove to be huge value to the Oilers uh, during the, particularly the play-in and maybe the first round of the playoffs because uh, I expect them to beat Chicago. I expect them to beat Chicago easily, quite frankly, if Koskinen and Smith can play the games that we expect them to play. <clears throat> so from that perspective, I think James Neal and Alex Chason early on um, will we'll play huge factors for this team. You know, do they have the, the 12 best depth forwards in the, in, the, in the NHL right now? No, they don't. But they have guys that know how to win. They have guys that know how to compete. And I put Riley Sheehan in that list. Uh, I almost put Haas and Nygaard in that list as well. And I, I think this is a team that when you go beyond the big boys, beyond McDavid, beyond Dreisaitl, Beyond Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and even uh, I put Yamamoto, who has you know become the uh, in many ways the poster child for this new new team that the Oilers have created in the last three or four months. Uh, I think that this is a team that can make a difference, particularly uh, before the Stanley Cup final. All right, and last one for you. The award nominees are being announced this week. The award finalists had Ken Weeb on the show who covers the Winnipeg Jets for The Athletic, gave a great summary of Connor Hellebuck and how he has kept grinding and has become an elite goaltender. Is Hellebuck the guy for the Vesna this year? He's up against Rask and Vasilevsky. Well, gosh. Um, I mean, I, I think Connor Hellebuck is the only reason why the Winnipeg Jets are in the 2014 tournament. Uh, otherwise, uh, they wouldn't be here. There would be other teams out of the Central Division that would be here. Uh, but to me, uh, the best goaltender in the league all season long has been Tuka Rask. Uh, and there's no reason uh, to think that uh, that he won't continue that, other than uh, unless he gets injured like he did yesterday in practice in Boston. Uh, so, as much as I'd like to think that it's a Canadian goaltender, a Canadian-based goaltender to win the the best, and I think Tuka Rask is the best goaltender in hockey right now. All right. John, we'll keep talking. Always fun to have you on the show. Hope you have a great weekend planned. Thanks for fitting me in tonight, man. Always a pleasure well, to have you, you on the show. You know what I was hoping, to Reed, I was going to tell you, I got a couple of buckets for you to go down to Rogers and start <laughs> bucketing out that thing at Fort, Fort Hall. We you all know, did Bob that last Nicholson night. Nicholson tells me he's doing the backstroke down the main, main hallway. So. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Appreciate it, John. Have a good weekend. Uh, that is John Shadden checking in today. I was wondering if we might have to do that. Last night, I'll grab some buckets and go get the water out of Roger's place. So always great to have John on the show. So there he said it. If if a team's about to go to a hub city and they get a bunch of positive tests, he, he says they're done. They, 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 
are out of the tournament. And again, that's worst case scenario for the NHL, but they, they feel pretty confident once they get the teams healthy to Edmonton and Toronto, that they can stay that way. And then everybody's in Edmonton for the final two rounds. 780-496-0063. If you would like to. be the Eskimos for much longer as we've been talking about a lot over the last couple of weeks on Inside Sports. Uh, I got an email here from Jack who says that the uh, team should change its name to the Green and Gold. He says the team is already referred to as the Green and Gold. Keep it. The original story about using the Golden Bears colors being simple remains intact. He says you could save the EE logo, combine it with a customized, well-established Green and Gold name, maybe superimpose the two. That is from Jack, few people uh, texted in Edmonton Energy as uh, uh, as a possibility. I've, that, that's okay. I like uh, Edmonton Express. I don't know what it's going to be. Here, here's what I, I kind of hope happens. Um, I mean, they've said they want to do something by the end of the month. Uh, Ryan Rashog speculated there might be an announcement next week. Certainly, Chris Presson on the show on Wednesday gave a very strong indication that the name is changing. We've played that clique. Uh, key clip when I asked him do you, do you have to eventually just change the name to end all the controversy and he said common sense does have to be applied and then now the CFL is in a tough spot the Eskimos are in a tough spot you know I wonder if the best thing to do is whether it's next week or the week after you come out and say like Washington we are retiring the team name we recognize it's become a source of controversy we don't want it to be, we want the focus to be on football. So we'll retire the name Eskimos, but we have to recognize right now we're facing some extreme challenges and we don't know about the future of the league. We don't know about the future of the team and we, we got to get everything right. And when we know we're going to be back on the field, we'll come up with a new team name. Uh, Warren Moon did an interview with Farhan Lalji of TSN. And uh, he said, the name Eskimos to me just means pride and it means winning with that organization. But if it is something that is insensitive to another group of people, then that is something we really need to be concerned about. If this is something that is insensitive to another group of people, that is something I can understand being a minority myself. And we all know the story about Warren Moon. He even told it on this show a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, you know, how racism prevented him from getting a shot in the NFL. And that's a big reason why he came to Edmonton and had to prove himself because, you know, quarterbacks who were black were not given a shot. Uh, Moon has said he'd like to keep the colors. He'd like to keep the EE logo. He also said, I think a lot of things are starting to change and change for the positive. Now you're looking at every situation just a little more closely if it has any sort of controversy or insensitive insensitivity wrapped around it. We're all going to survive if the team name changes. It is going to be difficult in some ways. We're, we're used to that name. I'm used to it. This is not an easy thing for me to talk about, but I understand what is happening, and I don't want to spend half my time uh, talking about an Edmonton CFL team debating the name. I want to talk about football. So I hope that's how the the Eskimos or whatever they're going to be known handle it in the near future. And reading this from Warren Moon, I hope whenever they unveil a, a new team name, if you can fly Warren Moon or Ricky Ray into town, or if you have to do it virtually, and you, and you have some local guys who are, are you know guys who have stayed in Edmonton who are legends with the team, 
I mean, what if what if they're all involved in this in this unveiling whenever it happens? I mean, if, what if Warren Moon is the first human being to wear the jersey of the new team name, you know, with the new team name on it? And he says, hey, you know what? I played here. I was proud to play here. The tradition here doesn't change. The championships I won doesn't change. The alumni doesn't change. It's just reached a time where we got to change the team name. We still celebrate the past and we move forward with the new name. Cause I, I have heard from some people who are really peeved and they're saying, I, I, you know, I'd give up my tickets. I'd give up my tickets. I'd hate the organization if they change the name. And I think if, if the organization positions it this way and you have a legend, like whether it's Warren or Ricky or whoever coming out and say, Hey, you know what? I, I know maybe it's tough, but we had a great history and we're going to have a great future then who is Joe Blow down the street who's angry for the name being changed to give up his tickets? Like if he says, if he says, oh, I'm giving up my tickets because they changed the name. To me, you look at that guy and say, really? It's good enough for Warren Moon and it's not good enough for you? So I think there's a way for the organization to do this productively, positively, maybe even exciting, and maybe even getting people to embrace the new era. And we're not giving up on the past uh, we're not burying the past. We're not ignoring history. Uh, we're just accepting maybe sometimes things got to change so we can focus on football and all the things that the organization and the city is about. We have Rocket on the line. Rocket, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, I was just wondering, what would be the most exciting thing and who do you think would be the most exciting person having hockey come back uh, as far as the Oilers are concerned? Is it a player? Is it a coach? Because I coach, and sometimes I think Dave Tippett must be overjoyed right now with all these players coming back that are healthy. Um, I know there was there was a lot of talk. George LaRock was talking about you know breaking up that lineup between Drysaitel and uh, Hopkins when you know before COVID started. And uh, I got to tell you, I tend to agree with them. You know when you're when you're hot, you're hot, even if there's a break. It was still a line that had chemistry, and you don't lose that overnight. So I, I kind of wonder where, you know, how happy Dave is and, and where, your, where your thoughts are around, you know, those top two lines, which, you know, I think are going to be make or break. Well, in terms of who's excited to come back, hopefully they are, are all are. I, I think McDavid would be pretty excited because he's now hopefully feeling even better. Again, I've talked about that rocket. I, I was a little surprised to see Athena see you there. I, I think there is a player there, but he's gotta, you know, get up to the level of the tenaciousness and the and the persistence that um, Drysital and Yamamoto have. Um, I think Tippett is excited to have all those players, to have uh, Ennis there to, to work around with. I'm sure he would have loved to have Mike Green, but unfortunately Green uh, opted out. But I, I would I would assume most of the players have some level of excitement simply to to get back to work. But yeah, in terms of the top two lines, we'll, we'll see if double A can stay there. And I think Ennis is a good option to slide up there if, uh, if they need somebody to jump in. We got to take a quick timeout inside sports on Chet.
right, thanks a lot for tuning in. Oilers will practice tomorrow and Sunday at the downtown community rink. Caleb Jones announcing today he had COVID-19. He has recovered, getting back into it slowly. That's why he was uh, skating with a smaller group of players Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll see if he takes part in the scrimmage tomorrow, but a full participant in practice today. We will go to the ranch golf course. Murray McCourt is on the line from the ranch. Murray, good to talk to you again, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I, I, I'm going to dive right in here with the high fastball, as uh, Jim Matheson has categorized some of my questions. What Can you clarify what, if anything, is going on with the NHL and the ranch? Because I've heard your course come up as a possible uh, destination for NHLers when they are here in the bubble. Yeah, I, I don't think too many people around golf courses can go too far without getting asked that question, really, especially at our place if we're going to be the hub golf course. And, uh, you know, I, I've i absolutely been in talks with the Oilers for a long time about uh, about it. And, uh, you know, there's, it's not like golf is the highest priority on uh, the whole agenda of this. So, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get to it when, they get, when they'll get to it. And, and uh, yeah, I've absolutely been in talks with them, and and uh, you know, as recently as two days ago. But it's just uh, not quite exactly the time to finalize everything. But uh, you know, it's if it makes sense to us, and it makes sense to them to actually even play golf, uh, which is still maybe a little bit to be determined. It's it's possible, quite likely, that we'll be the hub course. But uh, you know, there's lots of things to sort out and iron out to, between now and then and like i said it'll it'll eventually get up to, to the top of the priority list but uh, it's certainly not there right now okay we got you okay we well, we appreciate the update so thanks for that and uh yeah a lot a lot to be done obviously between now and uh and the teams getting here hey uh you know the memorial's underway tiger's back he he snuck in under the cut but it, it just it just seems to me murray any any tournament, especially when he hasn't played for a while, he just changes the whole complexion of how it's talked about and how it's discussed. I know I think he gave a quote today basically saying getting old sucks. Not that he's that old, but still, it's, it's always a little more special when he's playing. Yeah, there's no question about it. He moves the, le- the needle like nobody ever has. And, you know, at the golf course today, uh, he wasn't even on the golf course. And people were in the pro shop watching and they were literally cheering against other people to make bogeys to uh, lower the cut line for him to be able to make the cut and uh, you know that doesn't happen with anybody else and you know Bryson DeChambeau's meltdown on that one par five where he made a 10 that moved him from a, a high ahead of Tiger to behind and you know there was rampant cheers partially because it was Bryson DeChambeau but partially because it was Tiger Woods and everyone wanted to, Tiger to make the cut and it, it's it's just not like that people when he's on the TV and he's actually playing people stop what they're doing they're checking in uh, and they're oh I'll give you my, my my money in a minute I want to watch this and they just stop and watch Tiger hit and cheer and and that does not happen for anybody else he just moves the needle it's it's pretty crazy what, what do you think of DeChambeau? I mean, he's basically needs a driver, a wedge, and a putter. And uh, was it today he was mad about a ruling or, or something? Like, what what does this guy uh, mean for golf lately? Well, I don't know. You know, it's interesting with <laughs> with him. He he bulks up, 
and there's other golfers it bulks up and, and gains all this weight and muscle mass during uh, the COVID uh, break from golf and other guys were going the other direction and trying to lose weight which makes it's just so fascinating with the sport of golf some people are trying to do the exact opposite things to get better uh, but, it, you know, it's certainly a spectacle with him. He's hitting the ball so ridiculously far. And he did win last week, but, boy, it's pitch and putt. Uh, he should be winning a lot more if uh, he's hitting the ball that much further than everybody else. But, yeah, he had a complete meltdown today, and he's a hard guy to like. His personality uh, rubs a lot of people the wrong way in the way he handled that situation today. And barking at the rules officials and and just behaving the way he was wasn't uh, wasn't golf like it wasn't uh, wasn't gentlemanly in any way shape or form and his ball was clearly out of bounds so i don't know <laughs> what do you do murray mccord from the Ra- the ranch golf and country club joining us uh, on inside sports okay i want to throw this one at you the memorial being played at um, your field village designed by jack nicholas who won more majors than anybody else but what's his greater legacy as a player or as a course designer? Well, you just hit the nail right on the head. He's won more majors than anybody else, won more than the aforementioned Tiger Woods. So, uh, I mean, it's hard to dispute that his legacy is uh, is as a player. Uh, it, it's been fascinating. I haven't watched a ton of the golf tournament uh, this week, but when I have watched when he's on there and he talks about the changes he's going to make to the course and why he does things the way he does and why he wants to make this change and that change is fascinating to listen to and it it truly is amazing but when he's won as many golf tournaments he has and as many majors as he has uh, his his number one legacy is absolutely as a player all right what's going on at the ranch these days uh you know we've had some rain but some nice days kind of a mix what's new at the course well you know it's uh it's a different year as many people know and are aware we're the busiest tournament golf course in the in the province and uh, without being able to do golf tournaments or very few or and smaller events it's it's very different we're absolutely packed every day but the revenues are certainly very different than they are uh, when we have tournaments going like we normally do so it's certainly a lot different, no doubt about it. But uh, you know, the course is great. We we take the the water extremely well. The golf course drains unbelievably well. Where many golf courses are closed or no carts, where wide open carts allowed and and whatnot, the course is unbelievable shape. And you know, we made a few last year. We did a huge bunker renovation project, which is uh, was a great timing to do it because our bunkers would be demolished right now if. Uh, if we hadn't done that but now our bunkers are perfect and and we did some other changes this year on the last four holes we took out a whole bunch of trees and widened up 15 and 16 and 18 and we cut down all the fescue around the water and the golf course just looks amazing those changes that we've been doing the last couple years have turned out uh, unbelievably well and we're, we're just thrilled with the way the golf course looks these days yeah you have an app going what's up with the uh, is, is, it, is it a loyalty app yeah, absolutely. We've uh, started, this is the fourth year of the app, but it's it's just a great promotional program that we have where every single dollar you spend at the ranch, you earn points, and uh, those points turn into free rewards, such as 
free golf and uh, food and beverages or equipment in the pro shop, whatever you want to redeem your points for. So the more you, the more you play at the ranch, the more points you earn and and the the more rewards you get. So it's just a completely unique and exciting program that uh, keeps people coming out to the ranch and playing a lot so they can earn some free stuff. And let people know uh, the website, how they can book, all that fun stuff. You bet. With, with COVID, we're following all the rules to the to the T and, and it's uh, prepay only. So yeah, the best thing to do is book online at the ranchgolf.com. Uh, you can you can always call in and get some information and whatnot at uh, 780-470-4700 and our staff would uh, happily answer any questions. But the easiest way to book is certainly on our website. Murray, it's always great to have you on the show. All the best with the ranch. Thanks for updating the uh, the NHL reports. It's good to get it straight from you on that. And we'll talk to you down the road, man. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you as well. Take care. Thanks for having me. Murray McCourt, GM, Executive Golf Pro, the Ranch Golf and Country Club. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to him, touching on Tiger DeChambeau, what's going on at the ranch. And uh, as he said, he has uh, been talking to OEG about being the golf course for the NHL when all the players are here, but nothing has been nailed down. 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. Tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, we've kept you updated on the Oilers. Caleb Jones has recovered from having COVID-19. He was asymptomatic. Oilers will be back on the practice ice tomorrow. And Sunday, John Shannon checked in, told you what, what might happen with positive tests. We continued going across the country to NHL cities. Ken Weeb from The Athletic in Winnipeg was on the show. We just talked to Murray McCourt from The Ranch. And now... We welcome back to the show Chris Morris, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team. Chris, thanks for making time for me tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for coming on the show. I Obviously, a lot of adjustments with COVID-19 and the pandemic, and you guys had your uh, gala last night. You had to do things a little uh, differently because everybody can't gather in, in person, but you had some pretty legendary people involved, didn't you? Yeah, I'll tell you what, it was a, it was just a, a wonderful event. We had we had great involvement by our alumni, great involvement by all our supporters. You know, Brett Kissel did a great musical performance there. Uh, Warren Moon was there, Ricky Ray, um, Trevor Harris, you know, some of our alumni that are playing in the CFL right now, David Beard, Mark Corday, uh, Justin Lawrence are there. Like it, it, it was really, really a, a great event, raised lots of money for our program, which is, is greatly needed right now. Um, the entertainment served as sort of a launch pad for a lot of our alumni and a lot of people who believe in what we're doing here to, to call in and, and bid on auction items and like adopt our athletes from a, from a donation standpoint and give scholarship money and all those sort of things. So it was a very, very nice evening. I mean, I've had the inter- opportunity to interview Warren Moon a few times, and he's such a such a legend and so well respected in Edmonton. Any highlights from what he said last night? 
Well, he's just such a like he like the the concept of the student athlete and college athletics and the impact it has in the lives of young men. Like it's there is no substitute for being part of a team when you're at that age and and being part of a something that demands things from you on and off the field and 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 like his experience with that I think was really important. Like the thing I love about about Warren Moon is. is he's the best like he's he's nfl hall of famer best playing the cfl probably like there's there's a million things about him and if you met him on the street you wouldn't know that he had accomplished anything because he's such a humble guy he he really is just looking to help you know we sent him some stuff for him to sign and he sent it right back like immediately paid for that like it, it's he's a he's a great guy and it's you you, you see it when he when he talks and you, you get a sense for that but until you until you interact with him and, and you, you you get to know him a little bit, you, you don't really know how giving he is, and he he really is a top top quality person. Anybody uh, you want to shout out to for still making sure the the gala happened? I know there are a lot of people involved behind the scenes in the program, and I'm sure when the pandemic hit, there might have been that oh no moment about being able to pull this off. Yeah, you know it's it's funny because you know Rick Walters is 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 my uh, my offensive coordinator here, and he's like we've known each other for a long time, and we were, it was about two and a half months ago we were on the phone, and it's like, and we just we were hearing about all the cuts and everything else, and we were like we got to do something, and we started talking about doing this virtual gala, and we, we we tossed it around a little bit earlier, but then we really sort of got to work on it, and Rick is fabulous with events that's what he does for a living and he he really created this thing out of you know his own blood sweat and tears and and contact and like he did a just an outstanding job of putting this thing together you know arpus north is our our main sponsor for our for our gala and they have been since since we started it like we didn't have one sponsor like six years ago seven years ago we started this gala you know the arpus north stepped up and they've they stepped up again big time this year and started donating to our scholarship program RBC stepped up big time in our scholarship program and the supporter academic support program. Like it's really, really, you know, it's it's humbling how much support we got for this gala. It was it was it was incredible. William Chris Huff, Morris, like, hit- another one. They like all the all the printing, all the displays they put up for us and donated a whole bunch of it. It's just just a really really solid group of, of helpers. Like I, I, it's tough because I don't want to leave anybody out because everybody everybody just gave so much. Chris Morris, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears football team, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Chris, we had you on uh, last week, I think. Time's a bit of a blur for me, but uh, we talked about the uh, the age limit in U sports football, and it will not be extended, so some players aren't going to get to play that final year. Dick White joined me on the show last night, the COO of U sports. He certainly recognized... Uh, it's been a problem and created a bit of a divide between the U Sports board and coaches like you and some athletic directors. It, it sounds like they're willing to uh, maybe re-review it. Is that your belief now going forward, or where are you at? Yeah, well, there was a, there was another football technical subcommittee yesterday, a meeting yesterday, and from what I heard that came out of it, that they are looking at reviewing it. They they want to do the right thing. You know, all I can say is U Sports issued a memorandum saying that they're going to look at it again, that they heard all the feedback, they, they, they weren't comfortable with how everybody felt about this thing, and that they were going to look at it again. I believe U Sports is an ethical organization. I believe they made a big mistake in, in, in what they did with this one, but I believe deep down it's an ethical organization, otherwise I wouldn't work here. So I, I, I believe they're going to 
I believe they're going to try to do the right thing here. And, and I, you know, it's unfortunate that, that so much bad publicity and everything resulted from this. But you know what? Sometimes, you know, you get yourself out of something by just doing the right thing in the end. And I, 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 think, that's, I think that's what's going to happen, Reed. I just don't know for sure. I'm just, you know, I'm hopeful that they, they see the light on this thing and that they, they try to help these kids out. Uh, Chris, I didn't ask you this last week. We can have so, we can have some fun here. Uh, what do you think of Mahomes' contract, about a five hundred million dollar <laughs> extension? And is he, uh, I mean, he Lamar Jackson, where like the the mobile quarterbacks arriving in the NFL about forty years after he came to the CFL? I'm being a little sarcastic, but I think you know what I'm saying there. <laughs> Yeah, they get you out of trouble, eh? The mobile quarterback certainly is like a, it's it's a huge tool. It's this the problem down there, and and it's always going to be the problem is the field is so small, so those guys take hits down there. Like up here, they can get away and they can sort of be elusive and they can avoid getting hit because there's so much space and they're such good athletes. It's a phone booth down there, and you know Mahomes is a is and you know what he's a, he's an athlete but he is so smart and he knows where to go with the football and he leads that team and he is like everything about him is is leader right and and he's got the athleticism but you know you know Lamar Jackson like he, he again like his athleticism just shines through and he he was really really such a, a top-notch quarterback last year it's just a matter of whether or not if they keep making him run the ball like that can they keep him healthy and that's the, you know, he's got to evolve into throwing the ball and not taking hits and all those sort of things. Cause it's just, you, you just can't take that kind of punishment and, and keep coming out there. And Mahomes has turned into the best throwing quarterback in the NFL. Like people talk about his athleticism and all that other things. Like he, he's a brilliant, brilliant mind in the game and he knows where to go with the ball. And he just uses the athleticism as a cherry on top. Right. So those guys, you know, for the amount of money that they make down in, uh, in the NFL with, with TV contracts and, and the people in the stands, like they're worth every penny. Cause you, you know, you can't win without without that guy. If you don't have if you don't have a quarterback who's at least as good as the guy you're playing against, you're not going to win. And I think that's that's why they invest so heavily in those in those top prospects down there. Henry Burris is going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. He was on the show yesterday. He's always a blast to talk to. You were both offensive players, so you never would have played against him directly. Uh, but one thing I learned about Henry interviewing him over the years, Chris, and you're, you're going to find this interesting as a coach and a former pro yourself, like Henry's one of those guys is just just tell him he can't do something. Like that's that was his fuel. Like Eva talked about that yesterday. That was Henry's fuel. Tell him he can't do it. Tell him he's too old to go to Ottawa and win with an expansion team. He, he fed on that stuff. Yeah, and especially when he got older, I thought, I thought uh, Henry did a really, really good job because it always happens. It happens to every guy who ever played. At some point, the media decides you're too old to play. And it doesn't matter right. whether you're playing good or not. There's, it's like, oh, no, he's too old now. He's not. And when that started happening, he just started playing lights out. And that was, I think, to me, the, like, obviously he always had, you know, he was resilient. And he played with passion and all those sort of things. But when people started really questioning him as he got older, I thought he really stepped up, especially the last couple of years he played. So it was you know, he, he does, like most competitors have that in them, right? They want to show people if they can do it. And like at that position, you can really show people. And I think he did. He's, you know, I hated him when we played against him. He was just such a, such a good player. Like it was, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the guys we played against. I just, it was a little different back in that era, I think, especially Calgary versus Edmonton. We just didn't like those guys. So yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was just in, in a long line. Of, they just kept getting good quarterbacks, right? It was just crazy. Then he played. Yeah. Well, I- yeah so. I tell him that all the time. He like, uh, you know, uh, he'd get booed everywhere he went, but that's because the fans knew he could burn you, right? So that's why they hated. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And he, and he had this lady who's always smiling on his face and having a good time and this and that. And everybody else is like playing, like trying to kill each other. And he's smiling out there like it's nothing. He, you know who he was? He, he was, he was Damon Allen in the modern era. Like Damon Allen was the same way. Damon Allen played with a smile. Like Damon, you couldn't, you couldn't hit Damon. He was so much better of an athlete than anyone around him that he was just out there having fun. He was playing chess. Everybody else was playing checkers, right? And that was, that was <laughs> like Henry for most of his career as well. Chris, thanks for updating the gala. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And, of course, we'll talk again, man. Have a great weekend. Sounds good. Thanks very much for having me on. Chris Morris, U of A Golden Bears football coach. Keep it on 630 Chet, 630Chet.com, globalnews.ca. Tomorrow for the latest from Oilers practice, follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. Monday at 6, I'm back. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.